Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. My name is Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and proprietress of the Let's Talk TV TV blog. And I am joined tonight by Jerome Wetzel TV, Jimmy, um, who is hi. Say hi, Jimmy. Hi. And um, tonight we are not joined, at least not live. Um, by uh, our heart Chrissy, Christine Piccolo, who has laryngitis. And she's in the chat room. Wave to everybody, Chrissy, if you're there. Um, she is there. I see her in the chat room. And she's going to try to join in. Oh, there she's waving to everyone. Um, and I know this is radio, so you can't see that. Um, but she is waving. And Angela just waved back. Um and we're going to be talking about Once Upon a Time and a bunch of other things tonight. Um, a couple of announcements. I'm very excited to announce. I'm trying to line up my, you know, hiatus, Once Upon a Time hiatus shows. Um, so I just actually talked to Dean Hagland. Do you guys know who Dean Hagland is? Dean mm-hmm. Hagland is, played Ringo. Oh, my gosh. He played Ringo (laughs) of the Lone Gunman um, on The X-Files. And um, he was great. He was the guy with the long blonde hair, which his hair actually isn't long anymore. His hair is really short. And um, I saw him at Comic-Con, and I interviewed him last year. And if you want to read my interview with him, it's up at Blog Critics. Um, Yes, he cut his hair. Um, And Dean is actually terrific. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him. We had a really long conversation last year. And he's also a podcaster, and he's a stand-up comic, and he does a lot of conventions. And um, he was great, and and he's also a fan of he was also a fan of the show at the same time. So he's going to be on in January. We have not fixed a date yet, but I am going to be doing a an, my own X Files 20th anniversary special. So Dean will be my guest star on that show. Uh, one of them, maybe I'll have more than one, um, but Dean will be definitely be with us. Um, I am right now still trying to confirm David Goodman, who wrote next week's Once Upon a Time episode, and I'm hoping to have David on the show next Monday so that we can sit on the phone with him for half an hour or so and deconstruct the episode with him. So that is um, that will be a lot of fun. Uh, as I said, I'm still trying to get that all firmed up. Um, another show we're going to be doing mid-December, I think that December 23rd, um, I'm going to be joined by the curator of the Museum of Broadcast Communication here in Chicago, um, Wally, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, he's a good friend of mine, <laughs> Wally Pedrezic, <laughs> who was on the show a few months ago and we talked about doctor shows. 
This time we're going to be talking about science fiction series. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, and Wally and I have been on panels before together and, uh, we're, he's another Chicago guy. And, uh, so I just talked to him, uh, today, I think, and we set, I think we set, uh, December 23rd. I will also be joined, um, on the, uh, on November 25th, that's two weeks from tonight, by Jackie Holland, um, and I'm not going to tell you who she is. I'm going to see if you look her up and find out who she is, but she's going to be on the show as well. She's been on a number of shows, and uh, let me know if you know who Jackie Holland is. That's a quiz, guys. Um, a couple of extra, a couple of additional announcements <clears throat> before we get to the actual show, I guess, is I want to let everybody know that you know you guys know that um still hungry for your love came out last week uh the anthology mm-hmm. for riverdale avenue press books that has my short story the z spot in it my story of zombie love therapy well it has just come out in print yay so if you are Ooh. one of those people who prefer print to ebook um i uh oh you watched okay most of Revolution, you've watched Revolution? Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> so if you, if you prefer um, print to ebook, you can now get Still Hungry for Your Love in uh, print now at Amazon.com. So please go out and buy it. It's one of those books that um, I got no advance on <laughs> because, that's an, because it's an anthology. And uh, so everything uh, is based on royalties. So go buy uh, a copy of the book, um, and once uh, sorry, and Chasing Zebras: The Unofficial Guide to House is also on sale at Amazon and everywhere else. So buy that; it's a great gift for the uh, for the House MD fan in your life. So that's all the promos I'm doing right now. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> um, so okay, so let's talk. So you're caught up on Revolution, is that what I understand, Jimmy? No, I did. I did make progress, but I'm not completely caught up. And okay. you guys are right; it's definitely uh, improved this season. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and Monroe isn't dead after all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I did not get to that part, but yeah, uh, no, yeah. I, I definitely the relationships are different. Um, uh, yeah. It's had a kind of a reboot feel, and I like that. Yeah, I really, I'm really loving Revolution. I'm really enjoying it. I'm paying attention to it. I'm not doing other things when um, I'm watching it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, it's a really terrific show this year. I'm not as hot about uh, Elementary this year as I was last year. I yeah, feel I'm not caught up on that, but for the first few episodes of the season, that I've seen maybe five episodes of the season, and yeah, it's definitely. It is what most of last spring was before it got good again with the Moriarty stuff. Yeah. Um, Reese Ifans was in it last week again playing um, Mycroft. Mm-hmm. And he's always great. I, I love Reese Ifans. Um, I'm not – I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I have really bad luck pronouncing Welsh names. <laughs> so, I know Reese is right. But I fans, right. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, and he's great as Moriarty. I didn't think I would like him as Moriarty. 
Um, uh, not Moriarty. Wait, he's Moriarty? Mike, I was say. No, 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 no. And Mycroft. Mycroft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, I am pronouncing it right. Thank you, Katie. Um, <laughs> yes, I mispronounce Welsh names all the time. They're very hard. Um, and so that's actually um, Jones is easy. Yes. Uh, I'm just reading the chat room. We have a very active chat room at uh, Let's Talk TV Live. So, um, so Revolution has been great. I want to talk about a show that's premiering on the 17th. Yes, Almost um, Human. Almost Human on Fox. I am. I have heard so, so many good things I, about this show. I am so excited about this show. First of all, it stars Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bones McCoy. Dr. Bones McCoy and Yomer in Lord of the Rings. Oh, which you would, I yeah. remember him in Lord of the Rings. I'm going to have to look that back up. You don't remember him from Lord of the Rings? No. So, what, what was his name? Oh, see, he's completely unrecognizable. Completely unrecognizable. Mm. That's how I don't remember him. He was the um, uh, the horse guy. Oh, I know. I remember the horse guys with the long because they all had long blonde hair, right? Yes, and I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, so he was the horse guy. He was the guy. He was like the head of the horse guys. Yes, the nephew of Yodin, brother. It's Aowen's brother. He had a huge hmm. part. And, uh, yes, and he, and so completely unrecognizable Australian actor and, uh, bones in, um, in the new, you know, Star Trek, um, franchise. And he's wonderful in that. And his character in Almost Human is much more like bones and he is like Yomer. Let's just put it that way. So the premise of, um, the, uh, the premise of, almost human, is that it's a really dark and dangerous world. It is, think Philip K. Dick, think Blade Runner, you know, think Mm -hmm. of that world, uh, Blade Uh Runner, anything from Philip K. Dick, from Minority Report or Blade Runner, or anything from Philip K. Dick. And it's a really, um, hang on, Sarah, I'm going to actually ask you about Killing Kennedy. Um, She's we're getting lots of things in the chat room. Hang on a second. Um, so uh, the premise is that it's a really, really dangerous world out there and um, no police and there's terrorism and there's, it's just the world is just freaking falling apart. And all police officers are required to have an Android partner to protect them. And, mm-hmm. um, um, so Carl Urban's character, um, there's a, there's an incident, and uh, his team gets ambushed, and everyone dies around him. He's in a coma, and uh, he wakes up, and his, his leg is blown away. So he's got a um, a bionic leg, and he's mm-hmm. supposed to have a um, uh, one of these Android partners. He's been in a coma for like a year and a, a two years. He's been gone, and he refuses. So they, he sort of secretly gets this Android partner 
that's much more human. The, the Android partners don't have any emotions. They're like machines. Um, but there are a certain class of Android partners that are feeling and emotional, and he gets this partner who's played by, uh, is it Michael Ely? I think Michael Ely plays uh-huh. um, the character, and they're mm-hmm. now partners, very grudgingly they're partners. And I think that, uh, and, and, and the show goes from there, and it is just really well done incredibly atmospheric. I actually, I saw a movie called Dark City over the weekend. Any of you guys ever see the movie Dark City? Uh Uh-uh. Raise your hand if you saw it. It is a very strange movie. Very, very, very strange. With, um, with, um, 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 I'm blanking. Why is my brain not work, guys? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Why is it not working? It's because Chrissy's not here. You're thrown off. I know. I'm just like off my game tonight, I think. Um, Dark City, Rufus Sewell. Thank you. Yes, my brain is now working. Rufus Sewell. Um, Chrissy says, your brain isn't working because my voice isn't working. I think that's that's true. So Rufus Sewell, who was (laughs) Pillars of the Earth on Stars a few years ago. Um, Anyway, so he is a – oh, and John Hurt is in it. Uh, Sorry, William Hurt is in it. Not John Hurt. William Hurt is in it. Um, it's a really bizarre movie. Just Jennifer Connelly is in it. It's it's really it's because of the snow. Yes, it's the snow that's doing it to me. We had snow today. Man, it was Ooh, snowing. We're supposed to get some tonight. We haven't got it yet. Oh my gosh, it was snowing like a demon. And oh, I know why I'm like off my game tonight. Do you know what happened to me? I was driving up Sheridan Road, which is the twisty, windy, very very hilly. You didn't did you ever did you know that Chicago has like an area that's like really steep hilly area that's north of the city? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's called Beans and I work up there um a couple afternoons a week and I'm driving along and it was about mm, about 3:30 3:40 this afternoon and it's really snowing hard and it's slippery and it's a two-lane highway right in front of my car walks a huge male deer. Mm. Huge. I mean, it was like elk sized. It was it was enormous, and a rack of antlers on this deer. Oh my gosh, that was Bambi's father. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never seen one on uh, on Sheridan Road up there, so that was just really weird. Anyway, so I think that's why I'm off my game a little bit. That that really freaked me out a lot. I was really glad that there was nobody behind me because I had to slam on my brakes to miss him. And what really kind of spooked me out just a little bit was in my novel, um, which part of the action takes place up there, my main character crashes his motorcycle off of a cliff along that where I was driving and plummeted 80 feet down to the beach. And I was like, okay. Mm. But there were houses on either side of me when I was driving there. It wasn't one on, an, on the edge of a ravine or anything like that. So that was good. Anyway, so, um, no, I do not live in California. I live in the Chicago area, and we do have cliffs. We have 80 to 90-foot cliffs. Aha! Katie says, I associate deer with Hannibal. Oh, well, we'll... Oh, Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, I get that. Thank you for reminding me. 
<laughs> that that's strange and spooky. Okay. Anyway, so getting back to um, oh, she was refer. Okay, Sarah was referring to Angela. So Sarah, get on the phone. I want to, I want you to call in. Um, anyway, um, so Almost Human is is great. I'm I'm really loving it. Uh, I, I've only seen one episode, but um, I want everybody to make sure to tune in. On uh, Sunday night, I believe it's Sunday night when it airs, and watch it because it is. To, I've been looking forward to this show more than almost any other show um, this season. There's another series that's going to premiere at some point, and now I can't remember what network it's on, but it's called Intelligence. Um, that looks mm-hmm. like a really good spy drama. Um, one of the things I have to say is I think television is. Even network television is getting much more daring these days. Yeah, they are I definitely easy. sense that. Well, with their dramas, their sitcoms, yeah. they went back to stupid family formulas. It's true. Sorry, intelligence is on CBS, yes. And I fear for it being with CBS. I really fear for it. Uh. Um, I think one of the things that's happened is a lot of TV shows have had really nice arcs. So they've been serialized. Mm-hmm. They've been, they're doing with um, with uh, network TV what they were doing with cable TV for a very long time. Um, so I, uh, I I really think that TV is taking chances. I think that um, Revolution is taking chances this year, and I was really impressed with it. I was like, holy smokes, they did that on network TV. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, what surprised me was, was Dracula. I don't think it's a, like, super great series, but to yeah. have a show on a major network that's set in England with, you know, accents and the main characters. Yes. Very HBO. <laughs> or very stars. Yeah, I mean, it's not nearly as good as what it would have been on HBO, but just it's just a departure from those networks, so. Yeah, and Chrissy's saying, definitely taking chances, Revolution, I like Dracula, um, I haven't watched Dracula yet. I really, really don't like the main character, the actor who plays the main character. I'm not Jonathan Reese Myers. Yeah, there's another Reese. I like the, the tutor. Much yeah, better. The tutor. <laughs> Jonathan Reese Myers. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of his. Um, I didn't like him in the Tudors. I watched every episode of the Tudors. I loved the Tudors. I adored the Tudors. Um, I did not like Jonathan Reese Myers. I just didn't like like him. I, I don't suppose he was supposed to be likable, but I didn't like him. Loved Henry Cavill in it. Loved Jeremy Northam mm-hmm. in it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Katie doesn't like Jonathan Reese Myers either. Okay. I loved uh, – I, I started watching The Tudors because I was a huge fan of Jeremy Northam, who played Thomas More. And I really grew to love the show, and it became uh, must-see TV for my husband and me. Um, <clears throat> there's a few new HBO things coming on in um, a couple weeks, the 24th, gosh. I think there are three new things premiering on HBO. Um, <clears throat> and I've got the screeners for all three of them. At, uh, one is Sarah Silverman's got a new comedy special. Um, and there are two mm-hmm. comedy series that are premiering uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So I will be watching those over the week, writing reviews and talking about them next week. But I haven't, I haven't seen any of them. 
Um, so uh, Christy says they are banking on the popularity of the genre right now. Dracula is supernatural, which networks shy away from, but it's a very popular genre right now. Obviously, Dracula, vampires, very, very big. And our heart is stunned that I don't love Jonathan Reese Myers. He's just not, <laughs> you know. I agree I'm, with you. I think he's kind of a one-note actor, and he's not yeah, that great. I, I'm really, really picky when it comes to actors. I don't get mm-hmm. hooked really, really easily on an actor. When I get hooked on an actor, I really get <laughs> hooked. I mean, I get, like, obsessively addictive. It's really sad. <laughs> and I, it's like once once every decade, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, get, I get hooked. Like I was, you know, but it's usually, see, see what happens with me is if I see an actor in a particular role, I, I really fall in love with the character and then I have to go find out what else that actor did to make me love that character so much. I'm mm-hmm. such a character junkie. I mean, I'm I'm a writer. I'm a novelist, and I'm, I'm it's all for me. It's all about the characters. So um, when I saw David Duchovny do Fox Mulder, I was like, I was in love with Mulder. I thought he was great, and I thought everything else that David Duchovny was going to do was going to be incredible. And I was like, so, ha. Huh. Reese Myers is a male. Oh, what did she say? Oh, I, I didn't read that. Um, I, you know, and I saw other things that David Duchovny did, and I was like really disappointed. <gasps> I really loved his Mulder. Totally loved Mulder. Um, and then Hugh Laurie in House. I mean, I thought he was was brilliant. I adored House, and I can't say the same of much of anything else that he's done. I loved. Um, you know, comedy, write good comedy stuff, but I never really liked mm-hmm. any of the drama stuff. So, you know, then then there are people like Jeremy Northam, who I've loved many of the things he's done. Alan Rickman, many of the things he's done, I've loved. Oh, Ray Alan Fine. Rickman, yeah, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Alan Rickman is great. Ray Fiennes, Jeremy Northam, um, Emma, I mean, Mr. Knightley, his Mr. Knightley is like perfection. Um, oh, I love Hugh Laurie. Don't get me wrong, Lydian. He is he is hilarious. But I'm talking about the drama stuff. Because um, I tend to gravitate to, you know, I'm all about the angst. You guys know that, right? I'm, like, totally all about mm-hmm. the angst. What? Huh? Have, I, have I, like, let that out at all? That's a big secret, right? No, I've never heard this. <laughs> that I'm all about the angst? Yeah, I thought you were all about the sitcoms. I'm sorry. Oh, all about the sitcoms. Only if the sitcoms <laughs> aired in the 70s <laughs> or the 80s. I thought you were all about Two and a Half Men and Mike and Molly. Yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. So I get, so, so you know, so of course now I saw Carlisle in Once Upon a Time, and he's another one of those actors who I just can't get enough of him in anything. He's just... He's mm-hmm. just great in everything. Uh, and I'm sure you have not watched Plunkett and McLean yet. Oh, I have not. You've not watched Plunkett and McLean. Shame, shame. You must watch Plunkett and McLean. This has been a very busy week. I apologize. Yeah. Okay. So, you know what? I'm going to bring Sarah in. Hang on. Hello, <laughs> Sarah, my, my, my uh, co-snowbird. Uh, it's snowing still, I think. It's it dark. stopped here. It stopped here. Uh-oh. But I have a 
two oh inches good. of snow. I've just been inside. I had I've two inches inside. of snow in my car. It was like really bizarre. And then I, it's going to be 60 by the end of the week, though. Oh, good old Chicago. You love messing with the weather patterns. So I know. Much. We have the weirdest weather. Um, but it's, you know, I predict a warm, you know, warm global warming-ish kind of winter, though. No snow. Not a lot of snow. That was the last of the snow. Um, how often do people tease Robert about the full Monty? Um, I bet they do. Um <laughs> I, you know, I've heard him talk about how difficult it was to shoot that last scene in the full Monty. You know, the full Monty, I didn't see it for a long time because I thought it was like all about these guys who wanted to be strippers and that it was all this kind of comedy thing. And, and you know what? It's not. It's such, it's a brilliant, well done movie. And that final scene where they, they do, uh, Angela, you must, 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 must. Yes, we did not get the full Monty. We got rear shots. Um, but they did perform it full Monty for the audience that they were, the strippers were performing the strip for. Um, and he has said many times that was like the most embarrassing, um, moment he's ever had in film. Um, but yes, we did see the butts. Um, but it was, it was a great movie with a fantastic cast. And um, you all should see it. If you haven't seen it, you must see it. It was on TV the other day. Um, I see it's on my DVR, uh, but you definitely should see it. See the British version. There's an American version and there's a British version. And watch the British version. Um, I think it's the same length, but I don't. I think they don't um, substitute Americanisms for the Britishisms, which is really weird. Um, Lydian has posed nude for artists. It is freeing. I would never subject anyone to my my posing for an artist. I would never, even for the art, which is why I'm a writer. Angela says it's one of the few things Robert Carlyle did that I might actually want to see. No, 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 Angela, 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 Angela. No, 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 no. There is a whole list of things that you should see that Carlisle is in. He you know, it's it's actually a um an error not an error. It is is a misjudging of him that when people say that oh he plays all these villains and these despicable characters and yada 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 it's not he doesn't. I mean he's known for train spotting and to be honest train spotting it's a movie that I probably won't watch again. I mean, it's brilliant. I've seen it twice. Um, and actually, his character is really, really, really off-putting. There's nothing redeemable about his character in Train Spotting, and I think it's meant to be that way. Um, Begbie is is a real um, psychopathic character. Uh, but most of Carlyle's characters are just so beautifully nuanced and well-drawn and redeemable and totally lovable um, that uh, you really should give them a chance. And they're all, you know, brilliantly done, independent little movies. And that's all I'm going to say. And you should check out his opus because um, uh, like she likes to watch mostly family shows. Okay, so I have a Carlisle movie for you. That is a family movie. 
Okay, so Angela, your assignment to watch the movie called The Mighty Celt. And you should be able to get it on Netflix or on Amazon Prime, um, The Mighty Celt. It is a family movie. It is a PG movie. There's another movie he did. It's called There's Only One Jimmy Grimble. That is a soccer movie, a football movie. So um, you should see that as well. He was evil in human trafficking. Yes, he was. And not lovable at all. He was not. Um, I didn't say all of his movies were lovable. Um, But if you want lovable and you want family and you want Carlisle in a movie, I would say go for The Mighty Celts. Go for Marilyn Hotchkiss Ballroom Dance and Charm School. Go for... um, What did I just say? Not human trafficking, though. Uh, But you should definitely check those out. Uh, Hamish Macbeth, his comedy series, comedy drama series, he did in the UK back in the uh, mid-90s. It is about as family as, yeah, as there is. And that's all I'm going to say on it. Okay, so so should we talk about Once Upon a Time? Sure. Guys. Okay. Um, so what do you all think of last night's episode? It was good. I liked it because it was, it it had the same sort of setup as Into the Deep. And to me, I thought Into the Deep wasn't up to par with the rest of the episodes from that season two was. But with season three, the way that they had it set up, there was no flashbacks. It had the two worlds sort of in present time with each other. Mm-hmm. But it had a better connection with Ariel this time, with her traveling between the two worlds instead of the burning red room. I, I like this way of communicating between the two worlds much better than they did from last year. And so, Yeah, I, I think that, that was, that's a really good point. I think the two halves of the story connected beautifully. Um, our heart is saying, I loved... Rumbell, even though they weren't physically together, it was... Yeah, that was cool, too. I liked how they did that, too. Yeah, I think that um, that they did a really good job with that. I really loved that. Um, and I love the way that they've, they commented on the relationship between Rumpel and Belle and how important that love is and how strong their love is and how much he believes in it. And I also love the fact that you've got Belle um, at first believing that Rumpel didn't need her. Mm-hmm. You know, that Rumpel didn't need her. And in the end, she realizes he does. Um, yeah, Lydian said, Miss Storybrooke a lot. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize how much I miss Storybrooke. I love seeing the dwarves. Mm-hmm. I totally loved. Um, Lee Ehrenberg, uh, Grumpy, great! What a great scene! I just that whole thing about um, and Jimmy, you and I were talking about that um, at the mm-hmm. before the show aired. How much fun it was to um, to see the dwarves and their hey, you know, I I actually don't miss Snow and Charming because no one's dying these <laughs> days. <laughs> and then Grumpy's like, bite your tongue. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought the, oh, that Lee, part was Lee is fantastic. So nice. He's such a great guy. I've met yeah. him uh, for a I weekend, love- and he um, at the convention, and I kept running into him all weekend. Not 
not on pur- not on purpose, but by accident. And by the end of the weekend, um, I was waiting in line uh, to meet with Jane Essenson. He walked over to say uh, to tell her have a good weekend and stuff to her. And as he was leaving, he saw me in line. He said, "Have have a good rest of your weekend, Sarah." I'm like, "You too, Lee." And so he's a really great guy. And he had, uh, his, yeah, I'd like to get him on the show. Um, maybe yeah. I'll tweet him. His um, dad is from Chicago too, and his, what? His dad is from Chicago. He told me like his three cities are like like Chicago is like his like second hometown basically. Oh, behind I, L.A. and it was very nice. We had a good talk um, during in the beginning of the weekend. So it was, he is such a great guy, and I and he's so he really is. he's so cool. Um, he and I have tweeted. He's retweeted some of my stuff. I've tweeted to him, him and and Raphael Sparge, which was great. I loved seeing Raphael. Mm-hmm. It was really great seeing him, mm-hmm. seeing Archie. Um, I love the fact that Archie was trying to help Belle out. You know, because knowing that she was grieving. Okay, grieving. Okay. So, speaking of grieving, speaking of people, uh, Mother Superior. Okay, this is for you, our heart. Were you like so? I loved, I loved the idea. So when Belle was gonna, you know, do the um, king thing, and she says Mm -hmm. to Mother Superior, maybe you ought to do it. And she turns around and says, "Well, you know, he trusted you to do this. You should be the one doing it." And the fact that she trusted Rumple. Not yeah. that, but the but the blue fairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but our dear. Or she mother, just didn't want to cooperate with Rumple. She wanted to keep her hands out of it. Yeah, that I don't know. No, I, I didn't, see. I didn't pick that up in the in the way she portrayed it. I didn't Either see that in the work. Yeah, I didn't want the work. work. Um, ha, our heart says. I'm you like telling you, the reason there's a reason that shady bitch. Um, but yeah, <laughs> she knows. She's like everything is, you know, it's under under her control. Um, okay, so our let's. I want to talk about the triangle because I know Jimmy, you've got some really really specific feelings on it, and I know so does so does Chrissy, um, and I'm sure you do too, Sarah. So so Jimmy, so tell me what you thought of that. The, the triangle, our triangle, because I know yeah, you're going to, you're, what you say is going to be controversial in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was really disappointed with the episode last night overall. I mean, so far you've concentrated on the positive things. And yes, I completely I agree with those, those <laughs> elements. Um, I love the storybook stuff and seeing those characters, but I thought the triangle was one of two major elements that just sucked and drug the whole thing down. Uh, I mean, Henry's in danger, and here his father is competing with some guy for Emma's affections at the complete wrong time and in the most inappropriate and uncaring of manners. It really bothered me. They made them seem like whiny little kids who are yeah, I did adults. Not, I, did, I, did not, I did not at all like that fight over the match. I mean, give me a break. Mm-hmm. That seems so I mean, you know, if there had been, like, immediate peril to Henry, it would have sucked, but it would have been okay and forgivable. But because of the Henry stuff, it wasn't at all. 
I thought it was just a little, it was, to me, I thought it was just a little ridiculous. I, I don't want to say I didn't like it. It was interesting. I just thought it was, it was a little too early. It seemed like everything from that triangle Watch. was all being initiated from Hook. Like, to yep. me, it's like, okay, he, Neil just walked away. He's 10 feet away, and you're, procl- and you're proclaiming your love to Emma. He's right there. If he's going to be your competition, I don't think you want to really do that right there, right now. And then with the whole uh, lighter thing, I'm like, okay, there are two little boys trying to get, like, fighting over their crush. Basically. And, okay. And so I, just, I feel like... Look, so, so Chrissy says something here, and I agree with him. And I know Lydia and you and I have been, you, you, you and I have, have uh, debated this in my column. <laughs> so I think that's you that, that I've been uh, going back and forth with. Um, so Chrissy says, um, I think the relationship between Hook and Emma um, hasn't developed enough yet for him to be so after mm-hmm. Emma. I think it's rushed. Yeah. I think I think what they're trying to do, I think what what Adam and Eddie are trying to do, is do a really quick redemption job on Hook. Mm-hmm. They're tr- really trying to change. It's almost like, you know, they've been going a certain way with him since last season, and all of a sudden they oh, want to do like a big about face with him, and because he's very popular, no question. Um, and I, I think, think that it's, it's really, redemption. I mean, I think it's really I think, rough. I, I, I think it's part redemption, but it's part just trying to rewrite history and make us think that he's always been yeah. not a terrible guy. Like his flashback yeah. episode was all about refocusing, giving us, trying to give us a different perspective and pretend we just right. saw him wrong. And I, I don't mind, that, oh. I don't mind when, when they do that with the characters. And I certainly didn't mind, you know, that, as you probably all would know that you know when they they decided to redeem Rumpel's character, but his redemption path and his likability path has been very, 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 very long. And mm-hmm. um, Lydian says he realized that revenge was an empty path. Um, well, but he really turned from that quickly. He what what made him realize that? You know, I think I may know. I think I might know because because of Adam's Adam and Eddie's history with Lost. I feel it's and then they throw the love triangle in. It's basically the whole Jack, Kate, and Sawyer conundrum all over again. Hook <laughs> is the Sawyer of that triangle, and he thinks he loves uh, Emma. In, but in this analogy, she would be Kate or whatever. And But I think what they're going to do is going to have this triangle, but then they're going to throw in this, they're going to throw in the wild card and have someone, have a character where have no connection with in the beginning, but then all of a sudden it's the perfect match for him. Kind of like with Regina, but a little different. But it's I don't want to spoil anything with Lost, but it's, it's I, that's See, what I'm going to, that's what I'm thinking is going to happen because to me, I'm, I'm seeing a ton of parallels with it, and that's how I'm thinking it's going to go down. See, I would love to see Hook with Regina. 
I think that's Yeah, but that's, they're almost pushing it towards Robin Hood instead. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, they've, but but we haven't seen much, although that's going to be in the second half of the season. Um, right, that's going to change here I, a lot. You know, I, I just, I think it's rushed. I think they're really trying, I think you're right, Jimmy. I think they're trying to change history. Um really, really quickly. And and they realize that they mm-hmm. have a character who's really popular and um there's not a lot of complexity to uh to Hook. And he wasn't he wasn't written that way in the beginning. And they're trying to sort of retrofit him. You know, it's like fan mm-hmm. waking. You know? <laughs> they're sort of trying yep. to retrofit him. Uh this new persona on him. But Hook is Hook is a pirate. He is a bad guy. Look what he did in, I mean, the first, you know, in the crocodile. I mean, look at that. Look at that episode. And you tell me that that but guy the, has a full streak in him. That, but the hook that they're, they're developing now would have never done that. And see, that's yeah, what hook, feels right. so discombobulated. This, right. This hook that they've got now would have realized with shock and horror that he was taking Mila away from her son and would have mm-hmm. felt terrible because look what happened to his brother and there's all this history and boy, a mother shouldn't be away from her son and would have found a way, oh, let's adopt him and leave your you know, your husband to wallow in his own whatever, but we'll take care of your son. Instead of sitting there in the middle of a pub um humiliating a man who wants nothing but to have who's perplexed because his wife is sitting there and is giving her her due letting her you know find she's sitting there with the pirate but you know kind of kind of come home you know kind of come home Mm -hmm. with me you know he wasn't being demanding or anything like that but to be humiliated like that um and um, I, I just I, that that person would not um, would not have done that back in the crocodile. Um, and Lydian says she's she's disagreeing, of course, which is fine. It's all about the disagreement and debate. You don't go back to the guy who broke you and didn't care for ten years. Oh, she's talking about Neil. And then well, it's not that he didn't care. She had a larger purpose, and he understood that. And it sucks that they, we haven't seen it. him just lay that out on the table and explain it yet. Yeah. But I, I think he sort of inherited I, his father's fear, because that's kind of what he said a few episodes back. He was scared. Right. Like he was, he was mm-hmm. afraid to confront Emma about it. So I think a little bit of his father has, gotten into his personality just a bit yeah. even though he is very brave and stuff but I but he is so, able to admit that like very yeah so Lydian is saying no he ran because he didn't want to see his father um well that was in Manhattan mm-hmm. um and that um he chose that first and didn't choose Emma um but is that true in Tallahassee I didn't I didn't think that that was consideration in Tallahassee. I thought that he realized that he, you know, that, that Emma had a different, a better purpose so she could fulfill her destiny. That's what I thought. Um, I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Okay. Um, uh, he also said he was afraid to face Emma because he knew he hurt her. Um, 
and he was also hurt that, that, you know, of course he has a son and he didn't know about his son. And, you know, August knew who she was definitely because August was there to protect her. Um, so there's all kinds of ways this could play out. But I just, I think that that to me is the thing that doesn't quite ring true for me is that, um, is that relationship. Um, yes, August knew who Neil was. Absolutely no question about that. Of course he did. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, could it have been August also wanted to keep Neil away from Emma knowing who he was? But also, I mean, it was Rumpel, though, who set the whole thing in motion to protect Emma. You know, to, he's the one who told Snow and Charming how to protect her in the first mm-hmm. place. So um, he was, uh, yes, he was bail fire, right, right, and August knew that. That means August knew about his father, and there was a curse involved, and Neil put two and two together. Well, you know, you can suggest that. I mean, that's that's as legitimate as anything else. Um, but I'm just not sure. I think that if they made Hook's arc a little bit, see, Lydian, you should call in. Lydian says, I can't type fast enough, but you can talk faster, so call on in and join the conversation. Um, so I'm waiting for you. You should come in the queue. Oh, she's going to call. Um, so, but I'm I'm really thinking, um, um, yeah, I, I think that they're, they've really, they've tried to make an about face, and I think that's a real flaw. And I think also that Colin O'Donohue, you know, has played Hook a certain way, a very specific way that's very much in keeping with his season two Hook. But I don't think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of layering in his performance. And I don't think that's his fault. I think it is um, that is the way that that character is. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think it's So there's not a lot of layering that we're getting. So hang on a second. I'm bringing Lydian into the uh... – hello, hello? Lydian. Hi. This is I have to I have to be away from my computer. My husband's watching American Horror Story, so. Oh, okay. Ooh, <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, I, love your, I, love your, I love your stage name, although I have to say Lydian <laughs> is not my favorite mode. Phrygian is probably my favorite mode. Uh, <laughs> No, no I, nobody calls me that. Uh, <laughs> Ian, no, Ian it's is, my real uh, name, but um, is, is yeah, is I mean, name? my my real name is Lydian Deveryard. My my maiden name is Devere. I used it as a middle name because my parents didn't it. give me one. And I thought I thought that was like a stage name because you're a singer. And, well, I am, uh, but I um, singer. Yeah. Uh, um, no, my parents gave me that name. <laughs> that's a name. I love that name. Thank you. Um, it, 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 see, it sort of preordained you as a singer, but a sort of modal music. But you sing opera, right? From what I understand. Uh, so sometimes I, I, I'm starting to pursue classical and, and opera, okay. but um, I'm musical theater mostly. Okay, well that's not written in modes, but you know, but a lot of uh, a lot of classical music is modal. So uh, oh, yeah, definitely so being a singer myself of a lot of modal music. Oh, um, interesting. So, lots of yeah. modal music. Well, uh, thanks, anyway. Neil. 
I don't want people to think I hate Neil because I don't. I I actually like him, but I think he's he's got his father's tendency to run and and self-preservation. And I think I feel that I know when August approached him, we didn't see a conversation about his father. But I think he kind of put two and two together. The look on Michael Raymond James does a really good job of yeah. um, you know what he's thinking. Uh, when he said, do you believe in magic, and his reaction, I, you know, that was back when we didn't know he was Balefire for sure. And that mm-hmm. reaction told me everything I needed to know. It was this, oh, crap. You know, I think Balefire mm-hmm. knows when there's magic involved, and this is the, you know, this princess from this lost realm is my girlfriend. My father's got to be involved. He's looking for me. That's That's what I got. And he rationalized it to the point of, well, I guess I'm doing the right thing, but setting your girlfriend up for a crime she didn't commit, I mean, yeah, she she ate it and abetted. That's not good. But, you know, she didn't commit the whole right. crime. He he and dropped a dime on her and hung her out to dry, and she went yeah, and to he, jail. And he's she kind went of to jail no for 11 count. months, had a baby there, had to give up that baby because, you know, she still had time to serve on her sentence if you do the math with, you know, how long a pregnancy is, and she had an 11-month sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, she had no one in, to take care of that baby out on the outside for her. No one. And, right. you know, think of the hoops she would have had to jump through to get the baby out of foster care. She didn't want that, so she gave him up because she had to. There was nobody there for her. That right. broke her. That shattered her. Yeah. And you can see how much pain she's in when she's around Neil. She's not happy. She's not happy. He doesn't. He doesn't make her happy. And you don't she go back to a guy who does but, that to you. Well, but, this is why I think she should be with Hook for a little bit while she heals, and then eventually she'll end up with Neil. But why, though? Why does she need to end up with Neil? Why, why is that? I, I just want to know why that's important to other people. I don't know that they're true love. Nobody's ever said that they were. And when you're in true love, you choose that person. And, and the creators have said that. There's people you love, and then there's just choose. And I feel like Hook really has chosen him. I think it's been building since they met. It's not rushed to me because I think he was interested in her right away, whether he wanted to just get in her pants or, yeah. you know, he just or he woke up and said, I like this girl. Something woke up inside him when he met her. I, that's what I'm looking at because I think the actors are really doing a good job of interpreting that and emma was attracted to him right away she just didn't want to show it and that's why she chained him up she was scared not well, saying that I they were in love I then know. i i i know you think he's slimy i know what you you hate what he did to rumpelstiltskin but mila did it to him too <laughs> i i know that is your guy barbara he he's your guy you love him but he's I done do. terrible things like i pointed out no. today he nearly killed his grandson over a prophecy. He was trying to kill him in the finale until he was stopped by people approaching him. Now, listen, he, Henry's swinging on that thing, and he's undoing the rope about to impale his grandson on a rock. Yep. I totally, I totally agree. That's a agree. crappy thing to do. Terrible, terrible thing. Well, and we have not seen Hook do anything nearly as terrible. As, as bad well, as, as running away with somebody's wife is, that's bad, and it was humiliating, and it was terrible. But he did say, if you want your wife back, all you have to do is fight for her. And maybe if Rumple had just picked up the sword, he might have gone to Mila and said, your your husband's fighting for you. Oh, it's all about, I don't know about fighting that. for people. 
No, but it's all about fighting for people. If he had fought for her, maybe Mila would have said, okay, you know, if you're willing to fight for me. Well, I don't don't know. This is a guy. I don't know either. Maybe not. But so... Um, Hook has said I mean, in the, in the past two seasons he likes a fair fight. He said it to his brother. I like a fair fight. You know, a, a fight with Rumple wouldn't have been well, a fair would fight. Well, that would not have been a fair fight. That would not. That would not have been a fair fight. No, and I don't blame been. Rumple for not picking up the sword. I mean, come on. He would have been but smashed, and he had a son yeah. to think about. Of course. Yeah, and, no. and I don't say I don't say Hook is a stellar guy all around. I mean, I I think he got caught up in the pirate lifestyle, but before that, he was an honorable man, and he still has a code of honor that he follows. Well, we'll and uh, we'll and see. he has done bad things, but nowhere yeah. near what Rumple and Regina have done that right. we've seen. You know, I mean, I'm That's not true. meaning to and to people love those it, two two but, pieces. You know, but you know, we know that Rumple lives under a curse. We know yeah. that. Um, and, and we you know, know Regina still chooses his actions. He still chooses cool. his actions. He's he completely does. in control of his choices. There's no question. Yeah. Um, but he lives with that dark one curse. Yeah. And does. and so a lot of and he's fought that. He's fought that almost since you know since middle of season one. He's fought that, mm-hmm. and it's been a long, long climb for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's see that's something that I I appreciated that that climb you know he'll take a step forward and two steps backwards and a step forward right. and three, to me is a really beautiful arc and mm-hmm. not because I love the character but because I think and the same thing with Regina she's taking a step forward and two maybe four back but you know yeah. she, but her <laughs> progress but it, but but it's an arc and I think what happened with mm-hmm. Hook. It was, I think that, and, and our heart says, but the point is they're trying to make Hook too good too quickly. And I think that they, hmm. re, I, I think part of that is because he is so popular. Everyone loves him. I have to admit, Colin O'Donohue is very hot. I met him. Yeah. He's beautiful. I actually like him better in person than I do um, on the show. He's To me, he's a lot better looking in person than he is on the show. He's just. I don't think I could take that. I don't think I could take seeing him in person. I interviewed him. Was very, you know, it was it was a delight. You know, it's like the the cast is so beautiful. Oh yeah, uh, no, it's not fair. You know. Oh, um, so, okay, so so hold on, the writers uh, the writers didn't do a good enough job in slowly doing a redemption story for Hook. Um, Angela agrees. Yes, I would expect Hook to struggle more. So um, Chrissy asks, what about Charming's finally showing some gumption? Finally some great. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. So, oh, our heart says, I'll let you know, right, Barbara, at Comic-Con. So so Chrissy is hoping to go to Comic-Con this year. You got my email, did you? Okay, hopefully you got my email about what you need to do in order to – to uh, apply for uh, press credentials. She's got her fingers crossed. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I will be once again this summer taking a crew uh, to Comic-Con. So um, it will be a lot of fun. Um, we took a bunch of blog critics people there last year, and we'll be doing that again this year. Um, 
but yes, yeah, so Colin Colin was um was really good looking. Michael Raymond James, uh great. Just I love that he's just like really relaxed and just sort of uh in his element there. Um uh Emily Duravin, Jennifer um Goodwin, um and Lana Perea just dropped dead gorgeous women. And Jennifer uh, Morrison, I think she's just And Jen I mean, Morrison. Her hair just kills me. She didn't, she didn't come to sit at our table. She didn't come to sit at any of the tables. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Angela says she's going to hopefully go next year. Her friend gets tickets. So we'll have to have a Let's Talk TV meetup at Comic-Con. Last year I did nightly broadcasts uh, from Comic-Con, and we should have like a get-together in my hotel room. And um, and then we can we can uh, have a live broadcast, which is what we did. I did that with Zach Van Norman last summer, who is uh, at Comic Con with Once Upon a Fan site. Um, but yes, I actually uh, oh, and our heart Chrissy is saying, oh, the Sleepy Hollow people will be there. Yes, you will. Yes, they will. <laughs> and uh, yes, so she's all excited, and uh, hopefully she'll get her credentials and um you know we'll all get to go and have fun um so where were we where were we oh we were talking uh, about charming. by the way josh dallas charming, is also yes. beautiful in uh, person they're all beautiful but you know where my heart is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um okay so we won't dwell on that so my husband is sitting across the room <laughs> probably there yeah maybe. <laughs> um <laughs> My husband knows uh, all about, you know. <laughs> yeah, so does mine, you know. It's like what I do for all a living. All about my boyfriend. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're talking about charming and showing some gumption. So what did you guys think about that whole argument? It finally. The charming and snow? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so I'm sick of them fighting. It doesn't feel right. It's ridiculous, and they're whiny, and I just hate it. <laughs> you okay. The other element, the, between the love triangle and this, that really had me hating on last night's episode because it's like you know these two people are so good that they'll only do bad things for the best of reasons, but then they won't understand when the other one does it, so they spend half the series at odds with each other. Yeah, I think yeah. Snow was just angry at the whole situation rather than at him. I mean, I. You know, the, it, it's a situation she can't really do anything about, so it's easier to just be angry at him than to to just rail against the fact that you know he can't leave, and if she has, stays, she can't be with the peop- other people she loves. So, I think it was more of an outburst of "I'm just really pissed off at everything right now." You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's see, I, I people lash out in other ways. That would have been completely understandable. I just didn't see that in the episode. Hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, because she did yell at him for not telling her, and I, I think right. he had a good yeah. reason for not telling her. Yeah, I did, mm-hmm. and but, our heart says they're trying to give them conflict, which I think is actually yeah. quite true, because they there's nowhere for these characters to go. It's, well, they're the perfect couple, stuff. you know, they're, they're two yeah. love and perfect couple, and, and if they don't have some kind of strife, they're going to get real boring, but right. it has to be real, it has to be, I loved right. what they did when, uh, when Snow's you know, had that dark spot in her heart. She went to Regina and she confessed to Charming all about that. You know, she she told her what she did and she told him what she did and he he expressed his belief in her and, you know, I, you know, I, I liked that. Been, 
that kind of better? Wouldn't it have been better if she had not told him? It might have been. You know, give them, you know, there's something that's there under the surface. See, there's nothing under the surface with them. And no, I want them to just stay in Neverland. I really do. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, now, Jimmy. And that leaves room for more interesting layered characters to come in. And get more. It's snow and charming. I mean, it is the story of Snow White. Yeah, and they still have the Emma's parents thing where they're, they're her parents, but they didn't get to be her parents. And now it's this strange relationship where they they want that, but it's... Even that, I would love to see that explored in a mm-hmm. really interesting, mm-hmm. twisted way. Mm-hmm. And they're just not going there. I don't think they've had time. I think the actresses complained about that a bit, and they were happy with what they've gotten so far with, um, you know, the dialogue addressing those things because they felt like every time they got a second to sit down last season and, and say something, something, you know, cataclysmic happens. So they they don't they didn't mm-hmm. get to explore that, and I hope that they well, do. I, yeah, and I think the problem is, too, that the cast has gotten really big. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a I, difficulty. And that's a real difficulty, the cast. And that was one of the problems I had about last season, the first half of the season, too. It was like, you know, constantly going to the other storyline and you've got all... I mean, I I like the fact they've focused this year. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's like, now they've got more main characters in the mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that was a great thing about... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was the great thing about Lost is you could just keep killing people off. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) So what you had on popular characters like like Mickey and Paolo, you can just kill them off. Oh, my God. There are rumors rumors abound that someone's going to get killed off on uh, on Yeah, they keep keep saying it's going to be a beloved character, which could mean anything. Who do you think? I mean, who do you think? I I have I've no idea. I've seen too many spoilers. I'm not going to say anything. I've seen too many spoilers, and I wish I could. You know, I've seen I've seen them. those I've seen those photos. Yeah, I think wet paint, wet paint. You know, the site wet paint is yeah. like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, this is what's like. They're so full of uh, air. Well, um, not, no, I understand wet paint, but just I've fallen off the horse with. Uh, or I don't know if that's the right term. I just I had to stop dealing with sweat paint. But I mean, like, just seeing all that stuff ahead of time, it's like I don't know how to process that yet. And mm-hmm. I have not. I don't have enough information to connect anything, like how right. we did for this past episode. I found out, we found out about the casting for these two guys uh, named Keychain and Glasses, who ended up being the two darling uh, John and Michael, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense because the teddy bear keychain and John has the uh, glasses. The glasses, so, yeah. Right. I had, but not I had the no top hat. before that. But, so, but with so all speak- these new spoilers, it's just there's no connection yet, so I, I can't. Don't, yeah. I don't, I, I don't. I don't. You know. I don't. Uh, I don't pay attention to spoilers. But what I did get is the press release for next week's episode. Should I read I, it? Well, I've seen that. I think a lot of I, I read it, but go ahead. But my, but my listeners haven't. Okay. Go ahead. I'll tell you. So Pan leads Henry to a secret cave 
convincing him that he alone can save magic and Neverland itself. And young Rumpelstiltskin is given a magical item um, that could help him make a fresh start with his father, who has been mm. anything but a good dad. So this is that's the tagline. Marilyn Manson Uh-oh. guest stars as Pan's Shadows voice. Think lovely thoughts. Pan leads Henry to a secret cave, um, but a showdown between good and evil is about to go down as Emma, Mary Margaret, David, Regina, and Mr. Gold and Hook find themselves directly on a path to Pan in an effort to save Henry. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land it was, and that just repeats it. So I actually saw a picture of the young man been cast as young Rumpelstiltskin. And um, I have to say that his name is um, his name his name is Wyatt Olaf, young actor named Wyatt Olaf. And I looked at his picture, and I think he actually really, really good match to Robert Carlyle. A really it's amazing how they can do that sometimes. Yeah, like Bailey yeah. Madison and, and Jennifer yeah. Goodwin, and whoever they found to play young Kate on Lost in the sixth season, I was like, where did they find oh, this girl? Yeah. She looks exactly like her, Evangeline Lilly. Now um, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that this young actor who's going to play young Rumple isn't going to get, you know, isn't going to do the accent because I can't even imagine they. Well, could. he might be Scottish. I don't know. He's not an American actor. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that would be. Kind of, <laughs> I think it's really difficult um, because oh, yeah, Carlisle's accent is so specific, um, and it changes. I mean, hit, you know, the pre-dark uh, one uh, Rumple has quite a different voice. Anyway, so he does change it. He mm-hmm. does, yeah. Oh, yes, voice changes uh, for in this, you know, depending on which Rumple he's playing, and there are at least six of them. <laughs> them for any given time. times also yeah no, well there right. are some fan theories as to the connection between rumple and pan yeah that I've well, heard. I'm, still, I'm still you know curious about if pan dies rumple dies right you know what is that about and and, I... and I believe, i'm guessing we'll find out that answer to that question next week i'm guessing um, what the you know we'll find out what the connection between Pan and Rumple is, um, which is you know which is kind of an important thing because they've made so much of it this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, um, so I want to get back to the question of so who's going to die? So what do you think? I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I know people are saying oh it's going to be Regina because there are some. Mm-hmm. There are some pictures out there which I think are kind of that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So what? No. She's, you know, no. she's sick. I, they're whatever. Not gonna, she's not gonna. They're, they're not. not gonna kill her. <laughs> she's far too much story to tell with her. Yeah. There is, and There's, she's such a great character and a wonderful actress, um, who I had the great pleasure of interviewing one on one once, and I've interviewed her I think three times now. Um, she's just fabulous. Um, Oh, our heart thinks it's going to be Rumple, but he'll return. Ooh, I that's he'll face his own death. He will face his own death. There we go. 
<laughs> there you go. He will fake his He'll own pull death. A house. He'll pay a house. Or Sherlock Holmes. They've had too many fake deaths, though, already. Yeah, I can't see that he'll... No, 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 because if if it is true that if Pan dies, he dies, it is possible. Um, But on the other hand, Rumpel is um, immortal. So what does that mean? He's immortal because he's the Dark One. He's not immortal because he's connected to... um, He's not immortal because he's connected to Pan. He's immortal because he's the Dark One, which is right. And the only thing that can kill way him is the dagger. After Pan. So, right, the dagger. Well, so what it's, is, so, well actually, by uh, Rumpel said, and towards the end of season two, that he is immortal, but that doesn't mean he can't die. He could just live forever, but he still can die, and that's the, with the hands of the dagger. Of course. Right. So right, and he's and right now we know that Dagger is hidden. He gave him his shadow. shadow. Yes. He cut his shadow off and told him, told the shadow to hide the dagger where even he could not find it. Um. So I think all of that. Right. Remember, his shadow has the dagger. Correct. And I think that's going to be really key to what happens going forward. Who has the dagger? Um, Wendy going to sew his shadow back on for him? Oh, is like Wendy going to sew I actually watched the Disney movie today with my girls for the first time. They hadn't seen it. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a good movie. My little girl liked it. My big girl was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I had I my kids went through their Disney phase, and I do remember... Um, have watched my son was really little when we showed him Snow White and he was oh. freaked out. My truly. dad saw that when it came out. He he was frightened. He was a little boy when that movie came out. Now, that was way before I was born, but um yeah. But my but your, but your my son kids, was freaked out, yeah. Oh yeah, our, our oh god, our son. We took and they they did it. They showed it in the movie theater. And we thought, oh, this will be great. We'll take our daughter and our son. <laughs> and we took my mother-in-law, and we went to the movie. Was that was that was? Uh, I think that was. I think that was Snow White. Um, and we were in the. And my son, oh my God, he was like traumatized. I had a, t- a boyfriend in college who said his older brother was taken to see Pinocchio as a child, and when the boys started <laughs> to get turned into donkeys, he stood up, went to the aisle, looked at his parents, and said, "I've had enough." And walked out of the theater. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, Angela remembers being freaked out by Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty. Those oh, movies were really scary. I mean, those I, were I know really parents, movies. But even I know Bambi. parents now with kids, you know, whose kids are my age that won't show their kids that stuff. Mm-hmm. My daughter, my older daughter, is a little more resilient with that kind of thing. She doesn't doesn't really phase her. My younger daughter gets a little more scared. But um yeah, a lot of a lot of parents are like, "Oh, I don't I didn't show her Sleeping Beauty because of the dragon. I didn't show her Snow White because of the the witch." And you know, it's just like, you know, I grew up seeing those sorts of things. Yeah. I actually had a debate about whether my older daughter was ready to see Poltergeist or not. Cuz I saw it when I was <laughs> maybe uh, 9 or that. 10. I I saw well, it, I saw it when I was 9 or 10, a couple of years after it came out when when VCRs started to be popular. 
Well, my that did freak my, me out. I was frightened of the tree outside my window for a really long time. <laughs> um, well, my son says to me today, still today, he's 22, mm-hmm. and he says to me, you know, Mom, when you forced me to watch that X-Files episode with the doll that came alive, oh, that freaky. really scarred me. And he says, I was scared. I couldn't <laughs> no. go to sleep for weeks. And he says the reason that it scared him was because my daughter had a doll collection. Oh, oh like, she had like all these dolls and he was completely freaked out. He would sleep in the hallway um, by our door because we wouldn't let him sleep in our room. We were mean. Um, and Stay out of our room. It's, it's, it's uh, he's to this day, you know, he says, mom, you really traumatized me. Well, I, 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 you know, I, I posted that on Facebook and a friend of mine, uh, replied, who's a psychology professor, and he said, you know, I think the whole thing about that, and he we're, we're the same age, and he said, because I saw it around the same time, is that, you know, Poltergeist depicts toys attacking the children who own them, you know, <laughs> like that clown doll. Um, it's, uh, it's that that's what freaked him out the most, is that, you know, you don't feel safe yeah. in your own home around just these inanimate objects. Right. I mean, like the right. tree outside my window, it's like it's going to reach in and grab me. Right. Um, right. And that's 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 the thing. Is is I I don't know whether my daughter's old enough to watch it. We we watch the Goonies instead. Okay. Oh, she likes that. I hope that will be every day. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's the, one of the best movies ever. Um, it's so good. So what else yeah. you guys watch? So what else are you guys watching besides Once I, Upon a Time? I watch Sleepy American Hollow, Horror Story. American Horror Story. Yeah, I'm watching that. I started last year because of Jessica Lange because I, I really worship her as an actress. I just I think she's, she's just incredible. She is. And, uh, what is with yeah, Angela Bassett? Started... That woman has not changed. She, yeah. <laughs> what is with her? She just looks amazing. What is she eating? Um. I don't know. Boy, give me some of that, man. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, I'm, I watch um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I'm a Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon fan. Okay. I watch, I watch Sleepy Hollow. I watch uh, New Girl. I watch some sitcoms, Modern Family, um, Mindy Project. Jimmy was teasing me about my lack of interest in sitcoms these days. <laughs> you know, back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> fine with sitcoms um but yeah i'm you know you guys really need to watch uh almost human um i am looking forward to the return of hannibal i know there are a few other people out here in my listening audience who like hannibal um looking forward to seeing uh uh not anymore dear but seeing mads mickelson and hugh dancy and Lawrence fishburne um, are just brilliant in in it, and uh, Hugh Dancy especially. I can't wait to find out what happens because uh, at the end of last season, um, Hugh Dancy's character uh, Will um, was accused of the serial murders that we know Hannibal Lecter did. So that was really it's a really really good uh, series. Um, you know, I've, I've been trying to expand my, uh, my watching horizons. I watched rain a couple times. Have you guys watched rain at all? I haven't. No, I have not. On CW. Um, I've heard of it though. It is, 
It is uh, such a good show. What a cliffhanger, Katie. I'm sure you're talking about Hannibal because um, Rain hasn't had a cliffhanger. One of my favorite writers from House writes for Rain, um, and that's Doris Egan, who is wonderful. And uh, Rain is about the young Mary Queen of Scots, speaking of taking period stories and bringing them to not HBO or Showtime, but to uh, (laughs) a regular networky kind of station, because CW is not a cable station either, cable network either, but a a network Mm -hmm. uh, station. And, you know, seeing that a show that's set in that period of time um, in England is really quite good. Uh, it's it's very much a CW show, though. It's uh, young people in romance and uh, hanging out. It's a, little, it's a little pretty people, right? And it's a little <laughs> jarring because the, the period doesn't quite, you know, it's a little bit too uh, full of anachronistic um, stuff. That's something that bothers me about Once, as much as I love it, when they go into the Enchanted Forest past, I wish they were a little bit more... They don't have to go into Shakespearean prose, but I wish the prose were a little bit more classical, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't like yeah. hearing okay or not going to happen or yeah. die and it, or that sort of thing. It's kind of like, can you just make it sound a little different from here? Because if it sounds too yeah. similar... And, you know, it, and it's funny because it's, it's it doesn't sound that way coming from the British uh, no. the actors because they are just... although. Collins, not he would like not like me say he's British. He's Irish actor, um, and and Emily is an Australian actor. So I mean, but but the not U.S. actors. Yeah, um, Collins doing a British accent. He's not doing his Irish though. He's yes, doing he is. British, he's doing so. a British accent definitely. But um, but yeah, um, I mean they all sort of, and I don't know if they writers write for them that way. Um, you know that that the. British speaking, you know, British accented actors mm-hmm. uh, tend to speak with, you know, speak in a little more of a period way, mm-hmm. you know. I, I would I, just like to hear that in the fairy tale context because the fairy tales are are written that way. They're yes, not, they are. They're not so modern sounding, and it, it, I'd like the contrast between our world and that world to be a lot more yeah. marked besides costumes and hair, you know, it's like I'd like the language to be a little more highbrow and not right. that, you know, that they have to be ridiculous about it. Right. But that's that's one thing. I can't remember the name of the creator of the comic Fables, if anybody's ever heard of it. <gasps> Bill, oh, Bill, um, yeah. Bill, Bill. Yeah, my, my uh, yeah. husband reads that comic, and I've read it too, but they tr- they tried to make a television series out of, of, of Fables for a little bit, and it didn't quite work out. Yeah. But he his one of his criticisms of what's about a time, although he enjoyed it, he said, you know, I wouldn't be using the modern speech in the in the you know the fairy tale no. background. I wouldn't be using that. Um, but as I said, they don't do that for all the characters. Only the American character. Only the American act, uh, actors. Yeah. They don't, and I don't it's, know if it's, yeah. it's a if it's more natural to write for the actors who mm. speak I, because if you notice, if you notice. Um, Rumpel speaks in a very period sort of way. Yeah, um, the language yeah. he uses is much more formal. Um, the same. Well, we know thing. Josh Dallas can do it. I mean, he did Thor. Sure, and oh, he had yeah. that. Josh, Josh Dallas is a classically trained actor. 
training yeah, went to the London. same college my husband did. That's right. I keep, and, I keep saying that. <laughs> that's right. And but and you can certainly do it. And um and and you know Colin's character too. He he speaks much more in a period fashion. Mm-hmm. Um. But not but they, but Regina. But Regina does, not, though. And, and you, when you hear Regina talk in the Enchanted Past, she's she's a lot more highbrow sounding a little to bit. me. I mean, I could a be wrong. Bit. She well, has a little more on, of a flair. Yeah, she puts on that accent, that very, you know, affected Regina mm-hmm. accent, which is great. I mean, she's such a terrific actress. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, and I, And it is a little jarring to hear them speak in um, – Americanese, um, yeah. you know, set American in the vernacular. enchanted past. Yeah. The enchanted um, and past. The enchanted past, which <laughs> is a sort of, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a world that we would never be in because it's got kings and queens and dukes and nobility and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, it's I like, just, I, I haven't. Oh, go ahead. It doesn't bother uh, me. It doesn't bother me. Bother me. But now that you mention it, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's okay. But yeah, I mean, if it bothers you with rain, I mean, I didn't watch much of the Tudors, but they 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 pretty much used kind of a, a more old-fashioned sort of speech oh, yeah, pattern. Oh yeah, for sure they did. But then sure. you know, Jonathan Rhys Meyers didn't look at all like Henry Tudor looked by the time he married you know Catherine Parr. <laughs> he looked like that. Well, I mean, it bothered me that he was so buff. I mean, <laughs> I know. It's like I don't think she would have had that much of a problem marrying him. She was disgusted by him yes. by the time you know he got around to marrying her. He was not very. It wasn't just his weight. It, he had festering, stinking sores on his body. He was. I know he was not a pleasant person to be around. No, I mean, it's <laughs> like no wonder, poor girl. She just you know wanted to go get some. Some nice piece of, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that kind of bothered me when I watched some episodes of, of the Tudors, and my husband just kind of pointed out, well, they're not really going for historical accuracy, or yeah, well, uh, no, the Tudors was not historically accurate. But then you take a show like Game of Thrones. I mean, wonderful. <laughs> Have uh, you seen the bad lip reading for that? No. If, go online and look up bad, bad lip reading. It's hilarious. Oh, they do it I for Walking Dead. Oh, 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 speaking of stuff like that, um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, no. but um, no, it's something it's to me. You know, there's the big 50th Doctor Who anniversary um, coming up. Going oh, really? Okay, I'm go. I got I got a press credential, a press pass, and and awesome. and I am working on. I completely forgot this. I'm working on getting an interview for the show the week before. It's it's like actually the 24th of November, so it's in two weeks. Um, But I'm working with the Fathom um, events people in getting someone to come on the show from the actual event. And is that where is that taking place? It's actually taking place. um, The original, the actual live thing, I believe, is Saturday night, the 25th. Second, and it's going to be broadcast all over the world or the country or whatever um, at movie theaters on Monday night, the twenty fourth. But are they are they doing that in in London or is that? Yeah, it's a BBC thing. BBC. Oh, 
I have to ask my friend if he's going to participate. He's been on the show several times. Um, I don't know who's in it. I, I, you know, the publicity for it I've seen mm-hmm. um, has shown Matt Smith and um, uh, David Tennant. David Tennant, mm-hmm. and um, so I don't know. I'm st- I'm working with the people from Fathom to get an interview done before the day. Uh, if mm-hmm. I do it not on the sh- at, uh, live on the show, I will do the interview and play it um, uh, on the show. Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, next week, I'm hoping I'm working with ABC to get David Goodman on the show uh, to visit with us and deconstruct next week's episode. So Great. be sure to tune in for that. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Dean Hagland from the X-Files will be my guest at a date to be determined in January. We haven't worked out the date yet um, for an X-Files special. So lots of things going on on Let's Talk TV. We've been kind of quiet with guests for a while. I mean, we've had a few um, special special guests, and we've been doing great with our panel. Um, But I thought it would be kind of fun to have some... um, some you know special special guests um, from the entertainment world come and join us. So um, of course we had Dylan Schmid last week and Jane Espenson a few weeks ago. So we've had some pretty good guests. Um, so anyway, we are just about ready to close the night. Any final thoughts about what uh, you know what we might be seeing next week on Once? I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what Pan's real game is. Yeah. Yes. I'm not I, sure. I, I I don't buy that it's about magic. I don't buy no, it. No. No. It's no. I, well, I mean, it's about his desire to be immortal. Mm. He I wants to like, be immortal. Like I'm a little scared to think that it's because for so long before the Neverland arc, we have been thinking, oh, it's Rumpelstiltskin that has been controlling the board, he set everything up with her, and which set up like Cora manipulating Regina, manipulating so on and so forth. But I'm just a little scared that it's been Pan manipulating everything because of his vast knowledge and most likely it's like, I'm a little scared. Like I could see that happening and I sort of want it to happen but I'm just like really scared. I'm like I hope this kid isn't really that like you like I shouldn't say evil, but this so dark and so manipulative, yeah. where he's planning this for so long, and I yeah. cannot wait to see that happening. And I I agree. I think it seems that way. It, some of the things that he said has kind of yeah. indicated that. It seems yeah. like he is controlling everything. I I crazy. I do want to, and, and and Angela has said that uh, we have been remiss about not talking about the awesomeness of Belle and Ariel. I really love that. It was great. It's wonderful. Um, We talked a little bit about it, um, but not with Ariel. And I really loved the way they've used Ariel in this. She was too funny. I I thought she was adorable. I can see her going to work. I can see her, you know, she's going to be in Storybrooke now. And, uh, you know, she'll get together with Eric and she'll be sort of a minor character again, like, you know, like Archie and those guys. But I could totally see her getting a job at Mr. Gold's pawn shop. <laughs> She'd be too busy pocketing things. <laughs> yes. You'd keep quite an eye on her, I'm sure. Oh, look at this. This is cool. Yeah, I love how they said, it, you know, she said, look at this stuff. 
I'm all like, mm-hmm. I was about to go like, isn't it neat? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's plenty of those things. So that's very, uh, that's very cool. Well, we are just about Angela. They make a wonderful team. And being a kid of the 90s, that was my childhood. Come to life to see them together. Well, you know, two great movies of the 90s, um, Beauty and the Beast and uh, and Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. I have, it did start the Disney Renaissance, basically. So uh, that's, 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 to, that be honest, to be honest, Beauty and the Beast, to me, is the benchmark by which all are always, I mean, just, it's just such a stunning movie. Anyone who hasn't seen it in Blu-ray should run out and get a copy of it in Blu-ray. It's just stunning. Stunning. I've, I've, seen, stunning. I've seen the musical several times on Broadway. <laughs> and, it, you know, for me, that was the most easily translatable of the Disney shows that have oh. gone to Broadway sure. to the stage. Well, sure. I've seen um, Lion King, and I, I loved the beginning, but to tell you the truth, I didn't love most of it. But the, um, the Blu-ray of the animated movie, The Beauty and the Beauty and the Beast, is just so freaking stunning. Everybody should watch that. It's such a beautiful thing. Anyway, we are just about out of time, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and thanks for calling in. Um, and next week, uh, Chrissy will hopefully have her voice back, and we will Yay. hopefully have guests. And please watch my Twitter feed. Uh, B underscore Barnett is my Twitter handle. And I will let you guys know um, the particulars of hopefully David Goodman joining us next Monday. So until next time, uh, pick up a copy of Still Hungry for My, sorry, Still Hungry for Your Love, Further Adventures in Zombie Romance, which features my story, The Z-Spot. And you can pick that up in print or ebook at Amazon.com. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you uh, next week. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.